Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. Perfect for on-the-go or as a healthy pick-me-up, Irish kombucha brand Synergy includes all the amazing benefits of kombucha and I'm delighted to team up with them for the coming weeks. Craft brewed in Donegal using 100% natural ingredients, Synergy is packed full of live cultures and naturally occurring enzymes, which helps to detox the body, supports gut health and aids digestion. And they've just launched their first canned range of sparkling drinks. Naturally vegan, low in calories and gluten-free, you can pick up one of their latest cans in supermarkets nationwide. And for more on the brand, go to synergykombucha.ie. This week, my guest is online fitness sensation Maeve Madden. You know, one of my friends, she's just started a new career and she was like, oh, you know, a lot of people were really surprised and she's 37. And I was just like, why? Like, why is there this? And again, back to the age thing. Like, why is there this ageist thing that like when you're thir- in your 30s, that's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's over. I'm like, well, I might live to 100. Yeah. I've got 70 years left. I'm not going to do so, you know, I'm not going to just waste my years doing something that I don't enjoy. Mm. So I think that's really important, you know, like you can, you can just change. You just have to have the courage to do it. Maeve lives in London with her fiance and her Instagram following grew massively in the past year due to her virtual workouts, which led to her creating her online community, Queens Don't Quit. In this conversation, she candidly talks about fibroids and PCOS, her former dance career, 
the downsides of Instagram filters and her dislike of cats. She's hilarious, genuine, and I absolutely loved chatting to her. I started the conversation reminiscing about the time we met about three years ago when she was promoting her book, Beat Your Bloat. Yeah, that's right. I was. Oh my God. Can you believe, I can't believe that's three years ago. Yeah. Crazy. Don't think I'll ever write another one. Oh, really? That's Why? It's so much, like, I, obviously, I, don't, I was going to say it's so much work, which it absolutely is. But it, it is. It's it's very um, very it's very very time consuming. And just like university and my dissertation, my mother dragged me through writing that book. <laughs> but we got there in the end. And uh, yeah, I'm just not sure that I would that I would go again. But you never know. But um, um, right now, I definitely wouldn't. But it was a big success, wasn't it? It was a huge success. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was sold. Yeah, we went to number one in one of the, uh, yeah, it, it, it did. It, it went to a bestseller, which was great. Yeah. And um, we did. We had huge success with the book. And I'm obviously, I'm really, really proud um, of that. That was kind of like my first big, I, I don't want to say thing, but it, like kind of thing, like the first big thing that I did kind of like on the back of social media. Mm. So you've been promoting real and realness for for many years now and which is why you know people find you um so attractive i suppose and 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 so appealing and why your followers have grown so much on instagram um because i think we need that we want that we're craving that you know non-filtered non-photoshopped realness now you happen to be blessed with the most beautiful face and figure anyway, naturally. Oh my God, thank you. But but I love the fact that you come on your Instagram page uh, if you're having a breakout or you're not feeling brilliant and you just say it as it is. You don't hold back. Yeah, I don't know how how the fixedagrammers, as I like to yeah. call them, I don't know how they do it. I'm like, it's so much effort, girls. <laughs> it's so much effort with the filters. And also, I think like, I know a lot of girls, there, there are there are definitely fixed grammars at home in Ireland. Um, but like people know you, you yeah, know, yeah. it's not like if you lived in like America or if you live in London or, you know, that you don't even know the person that you live next door to. But I feel at home, like people know who you are and they'll be like, do you see your one <laughs> on the Instagram? She doesn't look like that. Do you know, they, they, they know who you are. And I think the... Even like, you know, from like back in the day, everybody kind of knows everyone's business. And I think that's kind of like just instilled in your, you know, in your brain where you're like, oh, Jesus, what would, you know, what would they be saying? No, I, I like, I don't care what they were saying, but I would hate for someone, if, any, if they were going to say anything, would mm-hmm. be to say, oh, she's very fake. And like that would, I think that would kill me the most. So I think that's another reason why I'm like, oh, you know. And also, I think it must be a lot of hard work to be, um, you know, so fake all the time and kind mm. of have that bravado. And then I also think, gosh, you must be so unhappy within yourself to, and then I feel sorry, you know, I, I feel sorry for people then who have to put on that kind of front that they feel that they need to portray themselves in that way, you know, and mm. have all these things and maybe, you know, rack up like everybody on Instagram seems to one be absolutely gorgeous two have the most incredible wardrobe and three just loaded I'm like why is everybody so rich like it's just beyond um yeah okay. like, where do you get all this stuff but I'm just like that must be 
a lot of pressure. And I know girls who are like that, you know, and they do, they, they even said they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's so much pressure or they'll do the whole like, oh, buy it, wear it, take a photo and leave it back. And I'm just like, that's, cr-. and that's work mm. in itself. I hate doing returns. Imagine having to do returns all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's probably is born out of low self-esteem. And, and I know, look, I was, I was at Soldier too. I, I think it was, was it this time last year? I maybe just kind of made a decision to kind of leave filters off my page because I would go on and I would, you know, swipe across to the Paris filter and I'd go, oh, I look great. Let's put that up. But that's not me. That's not real. Yeah, (laughs) completely. So ditching it, although it was hard because it becomes a crutch and it becomes so easy to use filters. I don't actually personally use them anymore and I'm not trying to make out that I'm great. But because I understand how, number one, addictive they are because you, of course, you're going to look maybe... Well, actually, sometimes I don't think you look better than your real self. I think sometimes you just look odd and alien-like. But yeah. um, but it just, it distorts your own sense of self. Yeah, I, I really notice that now, especially as I'm like now I'm 35. And especially with the Paris filter, that can be like, are they wearing a filter or are they not wearing a filter? But you know that, you know, that you've swiped across yeah. and all of a sudden your skin is brighter, it's smoother. And like the odd time, I will do it. But I'm the same as yourself. I've tried to not use filters like especially on my stories i know that when i post photos i will you know enhancing the light and stuff like that like it is winter and i need a bit of brightness there's no sun in the sky and but especially on that where i would look and then i'd look at myself in the mirror and i'd be like jesus i've awful like lines under my eyes and then you look at yourself in your camera and you're like you know, it does, it affects your own mind, even just yourself as a person, never mm. mind what anybody else thinks, but like what you're doing to your own mind by adding these filters and even the ones that were like, you know, the whole thing now is like this teeny, teeny, like Michael Jackson nose with these fox eyes, these eyes that are lifted and these big lips. And I'm just like, why would you want to look like this? Like, yeah. this is just, you know, it. And you swipe across and you just so easily change your whole face. And then all of a sudden these things are trends. Yeah. It's yeah. just mental. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm a good bit older than you. I'm nearly 42. But can you imagine if we were teenagers or we were in our early 20s and this was our yeah. norm? I mean, you'd wonder how it's psychologically impacting people, particularly women, particularly girls, because fellas, yeah. I don't know, are they as bothered? I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. It just never seems to be filters for men. Like yeah, okay. they always seem to be, uh, in my opinion, they always seem to be, oh, that's so sorry. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> an email came through. And um, so the, fil- the filters always seem to be almost like pushed towards women. Like it's always, you know, mm. kind of like a makeup-y filter, like summer glow or, you know, summer tan. Or I don't know why it's just summer. Summer's just in my head. I'm just <laughs> dying for summer. Wishing for summer, yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? It's It never seems to be directed away it's almost like adding makeup or adding foundation or some kind of highlight or bigger lips and like I don't know maybe there are some men out there who you know who do love an enhancement (laughs) but to me it always seems that the the filters make your face more feminine and more not more feminine because it just plastic no but I guess yeah yeah like like females having plastic surgery and that's what it looks like and it's just um you know it is it's just it's it's crazy and I can't imagine you know what it's like if I was like a teenager and at school and stuff like that, that you would be like already thinking like, oh, when I'm 18, 
I'm going to have a nose job or I'm going to get lip filler or, you know, when I'm 18, I'm guessing that's the age that you're allowed to do things. Mm. Um, you know, I'm going to do this like this person. And I think that it must be, um, you know, it must be just an insane amount of, amount of pressure. I'm just trying to imagine the person listening to this now because I have, you know, people listen to this podcast of all ages from, you know, in their 20s right up. Um, but if you're listening to this and you're somebody who who is using filters, loves them and feels like you can't live without them. It's not a judgment, by the way. This conversation is not a judgment on you because I think I think it's safe to say that we both get it because I, I used them myself. But it was very liberating when I stopped and it was a bit scary. I'm not going to lie. There were days when I just didn't feel 100% going on stories and it would have been so much easier to to swipe right and use one of those filters. But I knew that it wasn't doing me, number one, any good. But what would you say to somebody listening who just feels like, oh, no, I need them. I can't just, I, I'm not able to do that. I'm not there yet. Oh, it's, you know, it, it is really difficult. And it's like, mm. I would almost, I would almost say like, take a step back from social media just to like, almost see yourself as you again, seeing yourself in the mirror, seeing your, you know, seeing your reflection and who you really are as a person and how much you like really, you know, you don't need to portray yourself in that way. You know, the way yeah. people see you in reality. And I think also the past year has, cause it is a year since we've been in lockdown. Mm. You know, we haven't seen people. We've been stuck really by ourselves. And if we go out, we're covered with a mask. So it's like, you know, you have only people, people are only really seeing you through, you know, through social media. And I think that is also a major issue and like, you know, a concern, but uh, for someone who was like addicted to filters and felt they always had to use them, I would say like, you know, take a step back or delete them, delete them all off your phone. Like, and even just, you know, practice using, you know, using the phone without you, you just feel so much better within yourself. Yeah. It is a really hard thing. And it's almost like anything. You have to go cold turkey. You just have to say, no, enough's enough. And it's almost like people see you who for, you know, for who you really are then. And, um, you know, and I, I think you will just, you'll, you'll actually feel like you have more confidence when you're not hiding behind a filter. Like you'll just feel more confident within yourself. And for me, it was very much like whenever we started in lockdown, I was obviously doing all of these Instagram lives hmm. um, and doing the lives. Uh, so I was doing the Instagram lives, the workouts. I had this thing called Queens Don't Quit. But like the girls who see me on that every single day and who join me every morning, whether it be, you know, at seven o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, like they see me rolling out of bed not even my hairbrush. Thank God they can't smell my breath. Half the time I haven't even washed my teeth. But you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that has really also helped me just, you know, being myself. And, you know, you can't filter. I don't know, maybe you can filter an Instagram live, but like most live things that you can't filter. And so they just see you for who you are. And, you know, and that's it. Yeah. And then it's also lovely when you do put on your makeup and things like that. Because you're like, oh, you know, I've enhanced myself a little. I've used some makeup and I feel so much better. Um, yeah. You know, and then that's, you know, that's kind of like the olden days filter. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. putting on a little bit of makeup and that should be enough. Yeah. Now, the only thing I will say, because I'm listening to you here and I'm just imagining if I'm thinking it, other people are thinking it as well. But, you know, I'm imagining you first first thing in the morning, rolling out of bed. You haven't brushed your t teeth and you've, you've come on Instagram and you're doing your workout. 
but you're also just fucking gorgeous, Maeve. You're really very beautiful naturally. So, you know, makeup only enhances. Some people maybe struggle with how they look. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. But, um, but look, I mean, I think that message is such an important one because, you know, it's true what they say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and we need to step away from this, you know, idea of what perfection and what beauty is because, you know, I think it's fair to say that we both know that beauty runs far deeper than what we can see, what the person can see. It's far more about your vibe, what you're about, how you treat yourself and other people. And that's why I like your your community, your Queens Don't Quit. That's what you're about. You're about empowering women to feel good in their skin. Yeah, and we do. We have so many... um so many women, mainly mainly Irish women, yeah. but so many who have joined us. And like all of the stories are just so incredible. We just finished a 10-week challenge. And the challenges for us are never about, I know, you know, a lot of people do like these transformations and transformation challenges and things like that. Um, but we don't, uh, we don't focus on that, uh, you know, at Queen's in Queens don't quit. We, um, we just focus on like building confidence and just enjoying movement and creating, you know, a healthy balanced lifestyle. Mm. And it's just amazing. Like the transformations that we have had physically and mentally, but mainly mentally, just people who are like, you know, just love coming on every day, everybody supporting each other, encouraging each other to move, you know, building this like amazing community of women who just all support each other. And, uh, you know, it's like really cheesy, but like the, the quote that people said, they're always like, oh, great things happen when women come together. And I'm mm. like, it really does. Mm. Like yeah, when yeah. the women support each other, amazing things can happen. And um, we have this incredible community that these women, you know, I'm obviously leading the community. But like if it wasn't for them and them all coming together and being so supportive and kind to each other, especially during this time, you know, Queens Don't Quit wouldn't exist. Yeah. But you're a girl's girl, I take it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's all women. It's like, but even my following on Instagram is like 90, oh my gosh, I think it's like 97% female. Is it? No, men. There you go. Yeah. Just like just my brothers (laughs) and my fiance. (laughs) That's it. Nobody else follows me. Um, But yeah, no, it's just, but I think that's because that is, one, maybe it's because I, you know, I show the reality of myself constantly, Mm. but also because I talk about, you know, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not like sex appeal, Instagram, men want to follow me. You know, I'm, I'm talking about women's health and women's issues and, you know, building. And that's, you know, that's what I want my platform to be. I want it to be educational in that way. You know, I don't even share my relationship. Like I got engaged there in New Year's Day and people were like, I didn't even know you were with someone. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, I can't believe, you know, you're all of a sudden engaged. Like, is this something that's happened really quickly? I'm like, no, we've been together three years, but we've just never, you know, I've just never shown my other half on, on social media. And that's the other thing. Like, you know, you can be on social media. You don't have to share your entire life, mm. um, you know, to gain a following. A lot of people are like, oh, I have to, you know, you have to share absolutely everything. I'm like, no, it's like, you know, it's, Social media is only what you choose to, you know, to show people. You can keep a lot of your life, you know, separate. And yeah. for me, my platform is just, you know, women's health and fitness. And that's what I like to show. So I just keep a lot of other parts separate. 
and then it's left like you know you have things that aren't online that for everybody to see and talk about yes i'm very private about my partner as well um i he he doesn't appear on my on my page and photos or stories now he does exist he does exist but i just <laughs> i i'm i'm very much on the same page as you um and i think you know it's it's important to have your own boundaries whatever suits you some people are very comfortable with it but i think a lot of the time it comes down to a conversation between yourselves what would you like so is this something that you both agreed or was it more kind of driven by you or him how did you come to the decision that you wouldn't appear on instagram together i think it just never really it just never really happened i just never shared like even before him i never shared any relationships or anything like that on so i did once once i did i was dating a guy for like a couple of months and he was on that and then we broke up and then everybody wanted to know mm. and then i had to tell everybody and they're like oh my god what happened and, and i was like geez like this is just too much like i'm not about this and um and you know because it's it is it's a very emotional thing of course and um, and so i just was like well never again not yeah. doing that and um and so then i just never and with himself like he's not on social media at all either well he is like he has an instagram account but he doesn't really go on to it you know mm. it's only like family and friends and so he's private on his so you know i i just don't find it necessary to you know, to share that. I'll probably share a wedding photo when we get married. Mm. Um, but that's, you know, that's about it. And he'll still, like, even I were engaged, he's still not, you know, people are like, oh, are you going to share now? And I'm just like, well, no, because he doesn't, like, he doesn't really want to be on it and I don't really want to plaster him all over it. Yes. And um, and it's nice to know, have things sacred as well, isn't it? It's, it's, it's you, exactly. you know, this is your private life. So, it, you know, you don't have to share it with the world. Exactly. And it's like, you know, I share so much of myself already yeah. and, you know, I'm, I'm more of, I would like to think I'm more of like an educator on, on Instagram rather than, you know, I, I do share a lifestyle, but I also educate women in, you know, health and fit, you know, and nutrition and things like that. So, so that's what I'm really doing rather than being kind of like someone's life that someone's following, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I really want to talk to you about your life pre-fitness. And I know, obviously, you know, being physically fit was played its part in your life the whole way along because you were a dancer and you were, an, you were a bloody good dancer as well. You were a professional Irish dancer. You performed at an elite level. You were with Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance. And, uh, and, and what happened? You were in an accident and life, life changed. Yes, yeah, so I was actually performing with him in his show. He had created a new show, and it was called Celtic Tiger. So he had the Lord of the Dance, the Feet of the Flames, the Feet of Flames, and then this was like his final show that he was doing. And um, I remember going through so many additions to get to the show because this was like he had taken a long break after Feet of Flames and the shows were continuing, but not with him. Sure. Uh, as they still do now. Mm. And then he was doing like a, a one last comeback show. And I was like, oh my God, like I have to, like it's great obviously to be in the shows, but to then have the opportunity to dance with him yeah. um, is like, as an Irish dancer, was like the best thing that you could do. Sure. 
Sure. So I made it into the show and they filmed, they did, they made like a DVD and everything, a DVD. Oh my God. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> they made, we made a DVD, at least we didn't say videotape. So we made, they made a DVD and I'm in it. And, uh, and it was, it was fantastic experience. And, um, and I toured with the show and we had like a few weeks off and I went home and I was in a car and it wasn't like a major like I almost died car accident okay but the way I was sitting in the car um now I did have my seatbelt on but and I still do it to this day which is so bad and um, so nobody try this at home mm. um but I saw I will sit with my feet up either on the dashboard or just like up on the chair rather than sitting normally like a normal person okay I'll yeah. sit with my feet up and that's the way my foot was up on the dashboard and it kind of like uh it, it like pushed back and I hurt my anyway whatever happened mm. I can't quite remember I hurt my knee and I couldn't dance and I was going on tour in like a week's time and they were like you won't be able to go on the tour so I called um oh who was it can't remember I called someone what was his name Peter his name was his name was actually Peter I just mm. didn't make that up <laughs> so I called Peter and I'm like I can't go on the tour and the tour was six months and they said, oh, well, how long are you out for? And I was like, oh, probably two to three months. And they were like, well, why don't you sit this tour out? And then you can come on the next tour. And at this stage, I was like 20. And I'd been doing, or maybe I was 21. I'd been doing it for two to three years, the shows. And mom was like, it was like August. And she was like, why don't you go to university? And she was like, you know, you did your A-levels. You want to go to university anyway basically they want me to go like my parents wanted me to go to university and she was like now would be a great time because you know people will still be going to university and they'll all be your age and it'll be great Mm. so I was like right okay and my sister lived in London and some of my friends who were in school had also gone to London to university so I was like oh perfect I'll just you know I'll go to university and so that's what I did and mum was like if you don't like university then you know after the six months you can go back into the show and you can continue doing that anyway I went to university and naturally I was having a great time and I felt then you know I was like my life has not changed and you know I you know, I danced from the age of four years old right up until like 2021. And so I was like, oh, you know, I'm finished with that. And so it's funny because like, you know, everything does happen for a reason. And I know that can be like a bit corny. People are like, everything happens for a reason. And I'm like, yeah, but it really does, you know, and you can see the negative in it. Like, oh God, I was in a car accident. But then you have to see the positive of stuff, you know, that maybe, you know, that I was obviously in that accident because it was time to move on and to do something else with my life you know, and that's led me to London life and where I am now. You do sound so positive about it, but were you always so positive? I, I'm, I'm just imagining that if you have achieved, you know, you're, you're dancing at that level, you're cle- you were clearly brilliant. I mean, Michael Flatley won't cast any old dancer in his shows. Um, yeah. And you're I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was. I do you know what I mean? Good. You were brilliant. And then you were that young. You'd worked your, you know, you were dancing through your entire childhood. You were probably competing at all the different uh, competitions and all the rest. Yeah. Um, but for that to have happened, I mean, how did that emotionally impact you at the time to think that you were leaving Which this career behind you? I don't think I was that. To be honest, I, I wasn't really. It's, I would say this is. It's not awful because it's truth, and that's what mm. we're here to talk about. Yes, exactly. But I would say it was probably my least 
my least favorite show. So I actually did like a few shows. So there's not just like Michael Flatley's show. There's like lots of other like smaller shows that were great. And there was like also brilliant dancers in them. And um, so I had done like two other shows before joining his shows. And um, and they were a lot more fun, but obviously they weren't Michael Flatley's shows. So his shows were, you know, it was very, very serious. It was very regimented. Um, it was mm. very intense. And, you know, obviously I'm so grateful for the experience. And I was with them for about, I think, just over a year, maybe a year and a half um, doing those shows. And um, but I, when I when I did have the accident, it was almost like I wasn't devastated I was a bit like, oh, okay, now my time is up. Like I'm ready to, I, I I was ready at that time to stop doing it and move on to something else. I think I had already, you know, I had reached the peak of what I was doing. I couldn't really go any further than that. And, you know, I did it, you know, I, I danced with him for, for a long time. And so then I was like, oh yeah, now it's time to move on. But I'm quite like that. So with everything I do, I'll, I'll do it so far and then I'll be like, okay, you know, I've achieved, you know, what I wanted to achieve. Let's do something else. I think it's the Gemini in me. Mm. I'm, I'm a bit into the horoscopes. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I get bored really quickly. And with that, I was like, you know, I, I had, I had, I feel like I had started to not get bored, but I was just ready to move on and do something else. And that's fine, you know, and maybe I would have been more devastated had I not been. Um, and I d actually, I definitely think had I not been and danced with him, I would probably look back and be like, I should have gone on. I should have done it until I did the best that I could. Mm. And that would have been to dance with Michael Flatley. But I did. And so I was pleased with that. Well, it's kind of like the book, isn't it? You, you did yeah, the book. Exactly. It was a success. You've ticked that box. You done. Don't really feel like I'm doing other never say never, but it's unlikely. Move on. Dance. Yeah, I did it at a great level. Now I'm going to move on again. So the phase you're in your life right now is you're riding high. Your your followers have jumped massively. I mean, how many followers did you grow within the past year? Uh, oh, how many did I grow? What am I on today? Uh, I grew uh, over 100, I think 130 or 140,000 in the last year. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was yeah. on 194, but I'm nearly sure about 194,000 this time last year. So it grew loads. And obviously it's down to you just being you and, and doing your thing. And the fact that actually people now want to do, you know, their workouts online, they're craving this content. So I know a lot of people like you that are doing incredibly well through this time that unexpectedly business is booming which is great yeah it's fantastic it's uh it's a lot of work so I was I actually went into lockdown because my I was like oh I want to go home and um so we were like we'll go into lockdown early and then we'll have the two weeks and then we'll pack up and we'll go home and that was kind of like in my head I was like well then that means we definitely won't have caught this COVID when it first came out mm. so I wasn't going to the gym and I was like oh I'm so bored at home but obviously I'm a personal trainer so I started doing the live classes just before like before we went before we were like kind of in a lockdown and I'd started to kind of do them. I think I did like two or three. And then, you know, people kind of started following me. And then I decided, oh, maybe I should do more than two or three. Maybe I should do one. And then we went into lockdown and it was like disaster. What are we going to do? So I was like, oh, well, I'll do these every day. Mm. And then it was like twice a day. 
and then I was doing like t- like almost 10 classes a week for like the first kind of six months that we were in lockdown and it was kind of like after about three or four months we were like oh yeah when we came out of the first lockdown then it stayed really popular and um, I decided then to like develop the website and everything so that you could join um, and like subscribe to my site where we would do you know more lives now we run almost 20 lives a week and I have like four other trainers on board who also take live classes and myself but I literally haven't had a day off since that first day of lockdown like that first week of lockdown literally it's just been like non-stop just like go 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 but it's great and I really enjoy it and you know I'm just like sure what else would I be doing you know even if I wasn't in lockdown I would be going to the gym so I may as well just work out from home and I actually find I'm like fitter than I have ever been than like any time that I go to the gym. And it's so funny because you, I think before we felt, you know, oh, you can't achieve so much when you're working out at home. Like you have to go to the gym. You have to be doing stuff and, you know, you have to be lifting all these heavy weights. But it's just amazing what you can achieve. And because you're at home and you're in the comfort of your own home and nobody else is watching you, you don't have to, you know, get up, get into the car, drive to the gym, you know, put yourself in a locker, make sure your outfit's matching and your hair is done and your teeth are brushed and all the rest. And then, you know, do a workout, wait for the class, do a workout, chat to someone after. And next thing you know, you've two and a half hours of your day are gone for a 30 minute workout. Mm. And it's just, you know, it's, it's great because you're just like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter if my leggings aren't matching. doesn't matter that I wore these every day this week. I'm just going to yeah. throw them on, going to do the workout and then, and then you're done and you're at home and you can go about the rest of your day. And, you know, people are getting, you know, great results. Like I said earlier, like, you know, physical and mental transformations that we've had. Some woman's lost five stone. I was like, what? Wow. I couldn't believe it. Wow. And then I'm like, we just finished a 10 week challenge and, uh, and someone lost like 27 pounds. And I was like, that's ridiculous. And we're not, we don't give, I actually don't give, um, we give nutritional advice and I do have a nutritionist on board, but they're not following they're not following like a nutritional plan. We're like developing that anyway. But um, this is just like from us just coaching and just saying, you know, do these workouts and, you know, enjoy yourself. Like it's all very balanced. Like we're not restrictive in any way. And um, and yeah, people just mm, love it. Yeah. It's just great. And people have more confidence because they're, they're at home. Yeah. And like, you know, they you know, people who would have maybe stood at the back of a class or even like myself, you know, afraid to do a burpee because some fella's watching, probably not watching, but I think he's watching and, you know, probably has no notion that I'm even in the same room as him because he's too focused on his own workout. But, you know, it's just mm. in your mind, you're like, oh my God, someone's going to look at me and what if I do this wrong? Where when you're by yourself and just in the comfort of your own home, she can go all blades of glory like you know give it all you've got nobody can see your boobs maybe up and down and flapping all around <laughs> nobody's watching you know yeah, and, you yeah. it. and that's you know that's that's the fun thing and you know and what we love and that's kind of why we called it queens don't i don't know why i started calling everybody queen i think because so many people were joining in that i would forget people you know i'd forget who was on and so we just started and my, me and my friends do that i do jokes you know we'd be like a queen like joking and then it just kind of stuck it's great and um yeah and then came you know queens don't quit and it's yeah. just yeah it's really fab mm. 
you posted something on your Instagram when you turned 35 in February um, and I absolutely loved every single word of it. And I think for a lot of for a lot of us who read it would have resonated with your words where you basically spoke about how at 35 you were at a point in your life where you were content, but perhaps your life wasn't going the way that many years ago you may have thought it would. You know, we, we sometimes have this idea in our 20s of hitting certain milestones, be it marriage or babies or otherwise. And and I just thought the way you spoke to your followers was, well, personally, it's right up my street, but I just thought it was great. So can we talk about that and where you're at now and what you've learned? Because it sounds like you have gone through a lot of changes in the past while. You're a different person, I'm guessing, than you were in your 20s. Oh, absolutely. And, and even like, it's so funny. I was like, as a teenager, like even at school, you know, you were like, when I'm 25, I'm going to be married with the house and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I just like look back and I'm like, oh, how naive I was. <laughs> and I was just like, and also just like the, you know, the adventures I would have missed because the adventures mm. I have had, you know, kind of through through the years have been so fantastic, like ups and downs, major ups and ma- major highs and major lows. Um, but I suppose that's, you know, that's what makes you who you are in the end. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, growing up. And I think also from um, like with my parents and stuff, especially my mom, geez, when I got engaged, she was like, oh, I thought I was going to have to pay him. And I was like, thanks, mom. You know, it's like typical, typical Irish mommy, like, why are you not engaged? Like, when are you getting married? And, you know, kind of given up. Thank God my sister got engaged. She's older than me. Uh, she she got married when she was 30, 38, so a few yeah. years ago. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so that kind of took, the pressure you know, off. it kind of took the, the attention off me yeah. for a while that one <laughs> of us was getting married. Um, and then it was, like, back on me. Uh, never at the boys. Yeah. Oh, but should the boys could do no wrong. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. the girls, and yeah. uh, so it's so funny. But then she also, you know, she and I'm just talking about my mom. She also, you know, she would be so proud of like everything that we do, and um, you know, and she does. She she wants you to do all of the. She wants you to do everything, but she also wants you to get married and have loads of babies. Um, mm. but yes, yeah, so growing growing up, I suppose, like in my twenties. You know, I went to university and I kind of did everything a little bit later because obviously I did the show. So a lot when a lot of people my age were finishing university, I was only starting university mm-hmm. and um, and I was in London and then I, I changed unis and all the rest. So I think I ended up being at uni for about five years and uh, and it was great and mm-hmm. I loved every minute. And, um, you know, and then you kind of go through when I finished uni, I wasn't sure what I was going to be doing. And I was in a relationship and I was like, oh, this is the one. And now I look back and I'm like, Jesus, I'd be divorced about five times now. I'd be like Kim Kardashian, yeah. like loads of divorces. <laughs> if I had thought that every single person I was going to marry, if I had married them, I'd have loads of divorces under my belt. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because you just kind of, you know, you grow and you, yeah. you think that you, you know, you think that this is it and you're so mature. Mm-hmm. you know and you just know everything and mom is wrong and you are right and um mm-hmm. and then you realize actually mom is right and you have to tell her that <laughs> and uh it's fine in the end um but yeah and as you and it was the same like you know I studied teaching and and again another thing oh that's a great job it's almost like 
every girl at school. Like you pass all your grades, you're going to be doing, you know, like you'll be a doctor or you'll be a lawyer. And if not, you're going to be a teacher and there's no other career at all. Mm. And uh, so I did teaching and actually I did international business first. And then I went and I did teaching when I was finished that. And um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to teach and then I'm going to open a daycare center. Wow. Day one on my practice in school, I was like, I hate children. I can't do this. I was just like, this is just not for me. But I finished it because right. I finished everything. Yeah. So I finished it, again, dragged through it. And after that, I was like, I definitely, and I actually did. I, I did work experience in schools and everything. And it just really wasn't for me. And if I don't like something, I just won't do it. Mm. Like, that's just it. I just won't do it. Um, and what, what so, classes were they? What age group were you dealing with? Oh, children. <laughs> children who were like four. And I was just like, why am I here? This is horrendous. Um, is, just, is four not a cute age though? Are they not? Yeah, like, painful. Painful. <laughs> try, try and teach children that don't know how to count. And I'm just like, one, two, three. How do you not know? Like just being like, or you know what's even worse? Oh, oh my God. I have no patience. Okay. That's funny because I, so, I have so much patience for like people my own age, like, you know, teaching them through training and things like that. Or I have so much patience. But watching a child try and write the alphabet... <laughs> would drive anyone to drink i swear to god how moms have got through lockdown homeschooling i'd be in prison i really would like just i just couldn't cope with the with the slowness i'm just guessing there are mothers listening to this roaring laughing going yes yes Maeve it's been hell because it has been so hard I think for so many not just mothers obviously fathers as well but like I I, we have a little boy he's three and a half so we're kind of lucky the homeschooling is not hasn't really been necessary let's be honest but but yeah I can imagine the homeschooling was painful I I, I have a cousin who has twins that are a year and uh and her daughter is in primary one yeah. And she and she has a full time job, and mm. I'm just like, hi. She's how? like, glass of wine every night. And I'm like, a glass, a bottle. <laughs> Jesus, I'll be a bottle or two. Like, how you are, how you are doing it? It's just, you know, yeah. it's yeah. and like fair play. Like I can imagine, <laughs> it has been so difficult for so many mm. trying to do that, and the homeschooling of all different ages, and then trying to do your full time job on top of it. Yeah, I was just like, how are people getting things done during this time? Yeah. But um, I suppose, like, you know, I always think, like, in 50 years' time, you'll be like, back when we were in the pandemic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we I know. were in the lockdown. It's like, that, that literally be us. Yeah, 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 completely. So what has been Stop your it. biggest, what do you think has been your biggest challenge so far in your life? Because you strike me as somebody who really rolls with the punches. Um, what has been my biggest challenge? I think probably... Um, I'm not sure. I think I've had so many. Mm. I remember one big challenge was I had finished. So when I'd finished uni and then I took like a year out that ended up being like two years where I was just having a great time. And I was just kind of like traveling around, you know, going out with friends all the time. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I wasn't really doing anything. And um, and my parents were like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> mm. You're coming home. And I was like, okay, fine. So then I went home and I was like... Um, I hate the way I always say it. I was like, but I went home and I wasn't really doing it. And I was just like, you know, no, there was no, I didn't know anybody at home, like in the time that I live in. Um, and then those that I did were, you know, getting married or married with children. And I was just kind of by myself. And I was like, I cannot be here. You know, I need hmm. to go back. And at this stage, I must have been like 26, 27. And I think that I was, you know, I thought, oh, my time in London isn't over. I need to go back. And my parents were like, well, we're not, we're not paying for you to go back there. You know, we've, we've done our, we've done our job already. We've done, you know, your, you know, your university. And then a year of you just gallivanting around London when I was pretending that I was working and, you know, doing things, which I wasn't. Hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going, you know, I'm going back. I'm going to prove you wrong. And I remember coming back and then. I started doing, I had friends that had done commercial modeling and they were getting great money for, you know, like e-commerce work and, um, you know, fitness things like fitnessy jobs and stuff like that. And like doing the magazines and they used to pay like really well. Mm. And I thought I can do that 100%. I'm not going back to, you know, I'm not teaching. I'll try, I'll give this a go. And so, and so I did. And I just was like, I remember living with a woman who had cats oh, it was awful and I was allergic to her fucking cats <laughs> and it was so bad she had these two you know the cats from Lady and the Tramp the Siamese oh okay fucking excuse my language <laughs> slithery bitches they were oh they were rotten but anyway so I lived with this this woman had like a three-story house and she mm. was like renting a room yeah and I don't think I've ever really told the story everyone thinks I'm always like so glam and just, you know doing fabulous things no I was living and I was allergic to this woman's fucking cats <laughs> and I could never sleep at night and I remember it was summer and it was roasting and the cats used to always come into my room and they'd be like you know hiding behind a curtain or under the bed scare the life out of you I just do not like cats. Um, and anyway, I was like, 
freaking, I had no, I had like hardly any money. And I was like, I need to get as many jobs as possible to save, to get out of here, to get myself my own apartment and to get back to the area. That was my goal. I was like, I want to get back to the area that I lived in where like most of my friends were and, you know, that I loved and adored and where I kind of had spent the first half of my London life. Yeah. So I remember I was like bloody starving. I used to eat like nothing. And I actually, I actually went then, I was in a relationship then that went really badly and, um, and I like, I was like severely underweight. Anyway, I did mm. what I needed to do and I got out of the house with the cats and I got my own place. <laughs> um, and I think that's probably one of the things. I'm, and then the whole relationship fell apart. Turns out he was like, had a whole other life. Like, you know, the way you read these stories, right. like who does this happen to? Yeah. It happens to me. That's who it happens to. Okay. So the guy that I had been with for like three years had this whole other life that I was like one of these ones that I thought I was going to marry, but I didn't, thank God. Yeah. And that would be divorce number three. Mm. And um, and he was American. So he went off back to America and kind of left me there. And I was like, well, this is just, had to pick up the pieces. But I did, I moved into the apartment by myself and I got myself back on my own two feet. And then, and then it, I was kind of like, I'm amazing. I can do anything. Like if I can do this by myself, I can do anything. And I think I really grew from that whole experience. Mm. Um, yeah. And then it kind of, that's when social media came about and I had been like very underweight. And then all of a sudden I found, and I think that's where Queens Don't Quit also comes into hand. Like, you know, it's all these different experiences where I was very underweight and in a really dark place. And I was very lonely as well. Cause obviously I was living by myself. My boyfriend wasn't my boyfriend ever at all. And, um, and I, uh, I kind of, you know, I went on Instagram and stuff and there was these like, remember this girl, I think she might've been Brazilian. Don't know where she was from, but she was gorgeous Mm. and she was so strong and she was so fit and she just looked so happy. And you know what? She probably isn't any of those things. Maybe she's one of these fake Instagram people, but to me, she looked great. And I was like, God, I would love to, I should be like that. And you know, I kind of started changing my whole lifestyle from where I would be, you know, starving myself and running 10k a day to like nourishing my body and, you know, lifting weights and, you know, enjoying working out, not working out just to punish myself, but actually doing something that made me feel happy. Mm. And that's kind of where I got really back into enjoying fitness. And then I wanted to share that journey on social media. And, uh, and that's what I did here we are today yeah and it takes a lot of guts to do to do what you did I mean you know when I look at those photos of you from before where you are so unbelievably thin to where you are now when you're you're glowing you look so healthy but also to to put yourself out there on social media and actually allow yourself to be that vulnerable takes a lot of of courage I think I was just like at that time, like mm. nothing worse could have happened. Yeah. I just felt Were awful. You a- I was just so down and so low and was just like, oh, and, and I started, you know, chatting to people online. And I suppose like that's why my forum is really important. So we have a forum uh, on the Queenstone Quit website where everyone just chats away to each other and they all have these different conversations where they all support each other. And I was like, when I was going through that time, I would have loved something like that. And I see these stories that are similar to mine, you know, appear on my website 
where and where other women are helping these girls through times that they're going through and even if it's just something really small and I'm like and a lot of the women will say they'll be like oh you're the only adult conversation that I've had all day and that's why I I always Mm. chat on my on my Instagram lives and especially during the lockdown I think it's been so important that I do have those conversations like I know like 90% 90% of people, once we finish the workout, will switch off. But that 10%, I'm always like, you might need me for something, whether it's just listen to me blabbering on about absolute nonsense, but maybe I'm the only person that you communicate with today yeah. and tomorrow or this week. And so that's what's, you know, that's what's really important to me, that communication and keeping that up with people. And when you've experienced difficulty in your own life, it just gives you a level of understanding, doesn't it? And compassion for anyone who is struggling. I mean, it does sound like, you know, living with the cat lady and the breakup were an absolute catalyst for for such positive change in your life. The fucking cat lady, I'll never forget her. Just never forget those damn cats. I just, I really don't like cats. Also, just because I'm just, they would make me itch and sneeze. And it was just, you know, it couldn't have got anywhere. At least it was actually in, at least it was a decent area. Like the area that the house was in was beautiful. So I'll give her that. But just the cats and just, yeah, awful. So cats and kids, not so much. Not so much. No, <laughs> not no, not so for me. Although one day maybe, you know, uh, actually I was talking to himself about that. Um, we were like, oh, maybe after we get married, we will try and have a child. And I think that's different. Like to have my own, I think I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. But other people's, yeah. not so much. <laughs> <laughs> they always say that. It's, it is, and it totally is different when you have your own. Um, but you speak so openly about so many issues that affect so many people and particularly women I suppose irritable bowel syndrome polycystic ovarian syndrome you speak very openly and it's very healthy to have conversation around something that happens to us as women every single month which are our periods uh, and everything from you know if your skin breaks out or whatever it is have you felt a change with your followers have they embraced that more or investigated their 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 health and well-being a bit more because I think sometimes we're afraid to to speak to a doctor or an expert if, if we're feeling uncomfortable about something, but you've actually probably helped so many people and probably more than you even realize by being so yeah. open about your own struggles. That you wouldn't like the stories that we get. I'd be in tears half the time, yeah. like some really emotional um, stories. We've had, we've had a lot of people with major cancer scares and things like that. And those who have had cancer, those who are going through chemo, yeah. um, and all just from, you know, those who have been diagnosed with PCOS and things like that. People who have just constantly, you know, where I'm like, go back again, go back again, go back again to the doctor, like push, push more, push more, you know, who eventually do get. And it's like every day, every day we'll get one or more messages from women who, and it's always, it's always women because like we don't have any men. So it's just women. Mm-hmm. So just from women who, you know, who have read the stories now whatever it may be my mom is always like yeah everything's wrong with you and I'm just like because I go to the doctor I'm like everybody has stuff wrong with them when they go to the doctor you know yeah if there's any kind of twinge that I have I'm like oh I have to go to the doctor just like you know bear with my notes I mean I've been to the emergency more time for being constipated <laughs> than you know like I swear to god it's really bad <laughs> okay. but we get through it in the end um, but that's but we, a better yes. way to be as well. That is a better way to be, to be proactive oh, yeah. about your health, I think, than to be, you know, head in the sand about it. Exactly. And I think like 
when you're constantly sharing stuff the only thing is that a lot of people will ask me and I'm like no I can't tell you Mm, like you have to I am not a doctor definitely not I was like I'm definitely not going back to university so go to your doctor and but yeah they do they you know it it is it is really amazing and I think that's what's like the most special thing about social media like a lot of people can see social media is really negative like when we spoke about like the filters and things like that and the fake people on there but there are, you know, there are accounts like like my own, and mm-hmm. um, where you where you go to and you learn things and you yeah. realize, yeah. you know, like things like that, like just going to the doctor and like you read someone's story and and that's what I say. Like I put these, you know, I put up these photos with captions and you know maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe one person reads that mm-hmm. to the end and gets something out of it and I'm like I would rather help that one person. And, you know, and save them from something or, you know, something click in their brain that they need to get checked out or they need to do something about their lives than have like a million people like my photo just because, you know, I look nice yeah, and, yeah. and gain nothing out of it. And, um, and so that's, and so I think like when I am posting things on social media, you know, I don't, I don't post them for you know, just to gain likes or to gain followers. I'm like, you know, I'm not there celebrating with balloons. Oh my God, it's so cringe. Like, oh, you know, 300,000 followers or, you know, I gained 100,000 followers. So let me, you know, get a kick. Um, I'm just like, you know, if it grows, amazing. If yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, it, it doesn't matter to me whether, you know, I think if I hit a million, I would be like, Jesus, I did okay, didn't I? But like, you know, that, that would, that would impress me. But like, until, until that, it's just kind of like, it is like, we're growing every day, but then, you know, we hope to spread the message that we're spreading and the more, you know, the more women that, that listen and, mm. and gain something out of it, then, then the better that is. So mm. I suppose it is just like, we're trying to share like a positive a positive message of some sort. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, that's why people connect with it because the content is is genuine. And thankfully there is, I'm definitely seeing more and more accounts that are embracing real. And um, maybe they weren't before, but they certainly are now. And perhaps there's an element of it's now fashionable to be real and be vulnerable, but also people see the merit in it and the value for you as an individual, but also the domino at a fact effect that it has for everybody else as well it just improves everyone's lives when we drop the facade and stop pretending we're perfect all the time of course there are still plenty of accounts that are in you know the the constantly filtered world and it's not a judgment it's just an observation but there are more and more that are embracing the real um how is your own health now because i know you've had a number of surgeries you've had fibroids removed you've always been really open about it which some people would struggle perhaps to be so open um i certainly am on a very similar wavelength to you in that i've always been very open about my own struggles in every way i've had cancer in the past i've had miscarriages i've always been very very open about discussing them because i understand and i and i have felt firsthand that it helps me it's quite selfish, actually. It helps me when I'm open and honest just about it. I just said this. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say it. I was like, I enjoy being open about it because I, I, I myself also gain so much yes. from it. Um, which I spoke, 
it's not really selfish like you are doing good but at the same time yeah it's probably the wrong word but it's it it, it is you know it it uh, it It helps you yourself I suppose yeah and I think that's like even when I go back to like whenever you know I started this journey on Instagram and sharing like you know that was probably I suppose selfish or you know I was I was gaining so much from it as well because I was putting my story out there Mm. and hearing other other people's stories and getting something back from that and sometimes I feel it's easier to talk to people that you don't know than it is to talk to like you know you're close sometimes it's easier to yeah to talk to a stranger about something it's like therapy like Mm. talking to people that you don't know and just being you can be so open so honest and then you know and then never really rather than talk to a friend who you know, may not understand or may feel pity or whatever it is that you don't want them to feel. But speaking with someone who has, you know, gone through the same experience as you, um, you know, and that you understand each other, like there's just something, you know, there's just something about that. And then, you know, you don't have to bring it up again. You may never, ever come across that person again on social media, but you've both connected in a way and and gain something from that and I think that's really important like and that's another you know that is kind of why I share the message people obviously you know talk to each other um, maybe amongst their friends and that about it or you know I have conversations with a lot of women that maybe will only message me that once and I'll never hear from them again but they Mm. just or a lot of women will be like I don't expect to reply and send me what I like to call a short novel of their life mm. because it literally is a short novel. It will be like, it's like just so long, like scrolls and scrolls and scrolls of, of what they, you know, of, of their life and what they've been through. And they'll mm. just be like, I just really needed to get that off my chest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and they're not, obviously I do. I try and reply to everybody. Um, there are messages that we, I obviously do miss. But, um, you know, and, and sometimes I'll reply and they'll, and they'll not reply again, but I know that by them telling me whatever they're going through, Mm. that they just needed to tell someone. It's like a way to And I think that's really important. It is kind of like, you know, counseling or therapy or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, and that's, you know, that's why it's important to, and also just to open these topics of conversation that are like taboo. It's like, it's not a taboo. Women have had their periods since the dawn of time yes how do you think we're here yeah exactly like and it's a taboo topic i'm like shut the fuck up yeah yeah, <laughs> taboo. yeah but like it is it's seen as like like even when we're in school i've spoken about that like you know when you're in school and you were like hiding pads or hiding ta- or like afraid to open the pad in case and i went to an all-girls school yeah everybody had their period yeah what were we so afraid of like why was it why was it always like this you know awful thing that we went through and to be honest I think I'm open about things now because when I was young and I did get my period, when I first got my period, I didn't tell my mom for a good, I think it was almost a year. She didn't know. Now, maybe she did and she just didn't, I actually didn't know. I don't think she knew because when I did tell her, she was really mad that I hadn't told her. It's just, it's all coming back to me. Mm. But she was kind of questioning me like, and no, and no period. Because my cousin was the same age and she had had hers. But I was just like, what the hell is going on with me? I just knew that, you know, I had to use these always things that mom kept in her bathroom under the sink. And, you know, I would just like steal them. Luckily, my sister was older, so she mom wouldn't have noticed. And um, but did you know what was happening think, to you? Not really. Did you not? I okay. kind of knew, 
I was like, what's going on? Like, you know, and then obviously it was like almost a year later and I was like, oh yeah. And she was so upset that I hadn't told her, but I was just so embarrassed Yeah. that this was happening to me. And I was like, we shouldn't. And I think like, and then other things that kind of happened, you know, further down in my life. Sorry, there goes my email. And, you know, that I didn't tell you know, that I didn't open up about and didn't tell. And then those things get worse. And it's just like, you know, you shouldn't. And for what? It's just like, why, why are we so shy to talk about these things that every single woman goes through? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And it's just, and this is it, like reading now, now that I'm older and, you know, reading about people who have had like miscarriages and things. And obviously we read about Meghan Markle mm. and she had her miscarriage and she spoke all about that. And, and that's something that happens women every single day. That's it. And so few women, and then, you know, some women come out and other, you know, they're like, oh, they're so brave and coming out and speaking about this. And I'm sure it's like the most heart wrenching thing to have to talk about. Um, you know, and if it did happen to me, I would 100%, you know, come out and speak openly about it because it's just like, it shouldn't be seen as this. You know, it shouldn't it shouldn't be hidden. Absolutely. Like women need to be able to speak openly about these things that are happening, you know, that are happening. So I swear to God, if it was if it was happening to men, we'd all know about it. Mm, mm-hmm. I just um, I've just worked on a documentary on the topic that'll be aired um, on the 7th of April. And it's the first time on Irish TV that the topic of miscarriage will ever be discussed in detail. Uh, on a documentary which I think says a lot about yeah it says a lot about it doesn't it as a people yeah. and where we, we are it's 2021 and this is the first time this has happened so yeah and as you said it's you know I have goosebumps yeah actual goosebumps mm. isn't that just it's just crazy crazy and you think about like all the women who do suffer in silence and do and don't tell anybody yeah. you know and uh, oh keep that to yourself oh you know I hate when people say that. Oh, you just keep that to yourself. I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking keep it to myself. Yeah. Sorry, I swear a lot. I don't want to, I want to speak to someone else who's gone through the same thing, Mm. you know, and Mm. just, and feel normal about it, you know, because it is, it's normal. Like these things happen to women all the time. You should be able to speak up about them and speak openly about them. And maybe, you know, especially when it comes to like PCOS and fibroids and, you know, smear tests and all of those things, you know, if they were more normalized, would, you know, would there be as many problems? Exactly. If they were normalized and you were proactive about asking questions and maybe getting help, these issues get sorted quicker than having people living in pain and discomfort and not understanding why as well. Yeah. The fibroid thing is really amazing. I ended up, I have, because I've always had issues Mm. um, and even growing up, I had issues and, that uh, we, um, so I've always just had health insurance and it's like the best thing that you can pay for, but you can obviously get a lot. So I had my fibroid removed privately um, because on the NHS, but on the NHS, they won't remove your fibroid unless it's bigger than 12 centimeters. Now mine was nine centimeters by nine centimeters. So it was the size of like a cantaloupe and it was sticking out of my stomach. And I obviously held a lot of weight with it. I ended up gaining like 10 kilos or something. I was in constant pain. My period was like two weeks long. It was so heavy. It was just awful. And that grew. I'd always had fibroids, but they were small, like the two centimeters, three centimeters. And when it's that size, like 
you might get a slightly painful period. Like it's not, you don't have to have surgery. Hmm. But and I was just like, when I started to speak about it, that a lot of women were like, you know, told me they were like, oh, I, you know, mine's just not big enough to get taken out. And I thought, how sick is that? Yeah. That and when you say that, like I, nine centimeters sounds like that's that's a lot of of tissue that is not yeah. is not useful so in your body. It grew really fast. It grew okay. within like six to eight months. So it went from being like three, four centimeters to nine centimeters and just okay. completely stick. Like I couldn't even lie. When I lay down, it would just be this like bump sticking out. I looked like I was kind of pregnant, you know, okay. and um, and it was horrendous. And then I obviously, you know, went in, you know, got surgery and got it removed. But a lot of women have that. And then, you know, don't have health insurance yeah. and are only you know and are depending on the NHS that won't remove it unless it's 12 centimeters and I was just like I couldn't live with it at nine centimeters how anybody's you know and they just have to deal with it and that's it yeah can you describe like, yeah can you describe what a fibroid is for those listening who may have heard the term but don't know it's 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 a massive it's muscle am I right in thinking that it's kind of like sometimes they have hair and teeth yes how weird is that? So it is, it's Teeth. like kind of mass of like muscle and tissue okay. that just grows in your uterus or like in your, like, yeah, in your uterus. And they can be really, really small. And sometimes you can pass them and, um, or, you know, they can be like one set and they can grow. And sometimes they can just stay at like one centimeter and they are like benign. So they're not like, you do have to keep checking them, but like, you know, they rarely would develop into anything else, but they can grow really, really big and they can make your periods really heavy and really painful. And like mine, mine actually grew, um, you know, grew where they had to make an incision into my uterus and then stitch it up, hmm. which means that they're like 90% sure I'll never be able to give birth naturally. Okay. When, you know, if I get pregnant, they were like, you know, they'll have to constantly monitor it because they don't know how. So they just do a one centimeter incision into my uterus. So they're like, you know, when when obviously a baby grows, that is going to stretch and they don't know what's go- what's going to happen. Okay. And I was like, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and I've never I've just, I suppose I've just never really thought about it because I'm like, well, I'm not planning to get pregnant right now. So no, and also, I, and also the body. I'm a big believer in the body is always working towards health, and you clearly look after your body so so well yeah. that you know while that may have been true at a certain point in your life, you can you know the body is constantly rejuvenating itself, and 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 cells are 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 reemerging, and and um, you know it's 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 just it's a constant uh, changing process. So. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like the PCOS, you know, like my PCOS was at its worst. Um, you know, I had like no periods. It was just awful. And um, that would have been when I had that really bad breakup when I was with mm. the cats and yeah, the cat okay. lady and the yeah. really underweight and mm. that whole stressful situation. And they were like, I remember going to the doctor and she was like, you're, you're like, you'll never have children. Like, that they were literally like that's it and I was and of course my mom my parents were like oh we need more answers like go to someone else we have to go to as many doctors as possible and they were just like yeah like you're you know I had to have surgery for that as well uh twice so I had two surgeries uh on the ovaries for like ruptured cysts and all the rest and and they were like there's a lot of scar tissue there and then 
once I had the fibroid taken out, after that I went to obviously have a checkup. And I just go anyway, usually kind of like every six to eight months. Mm. And he was like, your ovaries are beautiful. He actually said they were fruity. And I was like, ha, take <laughs> that, mom. I had fruity go. ovaries. And they were like, yeah, like if you wanted to, that was his thing. He was like, if you wanted to, you know, go ahead and try and have children now, like you're ready to go. And I was go. like, isn't that amazing how things mm. just change from like, you know, six years ago, they were like, yeah, no, never, no children for you. To now they're like, oh yeah, you have fruity ovaries. And I was like, it's so amazing, <laughs> like stress and lifestyle and all of those things and all the different times of your life that you go through and how Absolutely. they affect your body. Yeah fascinating so how is your health now I'm taking it that it's good you have fruity ovaries I have fruity ovaries I think it's good yeah like I feel great mm. I'm a bit tired like I haven't had a day off well I had covid at Christmas um oh did you have so it I okay to, I did yeah I ended up getting covid I mean we so we went into we what do you call it we didn't so we didn't leave the house yeah, and then we isolated. had tests done and this was before. So I actually came back from London uh, I went home, home. So my dad has was diagnosed with bile cancer and okay, we flew home. He wanted everybody to be home. Mm-hmm. So we went into lockdown ourselves for like two weeks and we got tests done, had two tests done, both negative, then came back home. Then we were home for about two weeks and then dad was like, I have COVID. Like no one had been out of the house. Of course, Dad had been down in the office, in his office, wrapping things up. And we were like, "Why are you? Why are you going out and about?" And um, so he got it. And then, and my sister had just had a baby. And then I got to, I started showing symptoms. And then I had it. And then, and it's so funny because only half of us. So we were all tested. Only half of us in the house. Our tests came back positive. Okay. But yeah. everybody had symptoms. And I was like, isn't that amazing? Isn't because it? Like, that ha- you know, and I, it again, that's happened so often where, you know, in the one household, some people can avoid it and others don't. Yeah, but we all, no, we all had, everybody was dying, like not dying, but everybody had, except for what, one of my brothers didn't have any symptoms, but everybody else had symptoms. Like uh, my fiance, he was really sick like like myself actually my parents ended up having it kind of the the mildest form I was broken I've never felt pain like it go through my body really bad chest and my other brother so there's actually were three three brothers and two sisters and my Mm. sister's husband was there obviously because they had the baby at home and um yeah so we all had it in different ways but everybody had symptoms of some sort. But my parents, so my mom, she actually just got the all clear that she doesn't have, she had breast cancer about five years ago. Mm. And she recently got the all clear. Oh, so that's it. bad. Yes. Um, but she didn't have it that badly. And then dad, who's going through chemo, uh, he he was fine. He went to bed for like a day. And then he was like, nope, I feel great. Me, who's like the fit, healthy one, dying. absolutely dying couldn't keep my eyes away like it was just wrecked and just and I was like it's just you know it's so fascinating how it affected everybody differently and um you know and you think like you know in our minds we were like oh my god we have to be so careful because of dad and and all the rest and the new baby and stuff like that and uh and they were completely fine how is your dad doing now 
He's good. He's going through, uh, he'll kill me for talking about it. He's like, don't tell anybody. But he's on his fourth round of chemo now, and then they'll do scans and see how he is. So he actually, we were, I was home. So I actually drove my sister home. So she's Mm. usually based in London and I drove her home and he, that was when he was diagnosed with bile cancer and he had part of it. He had a surgery to have it removed and we went home to see him in October then. And then we were told then that it had moved on and he had secondary cancer, I think in his liver. I can't remember mm-hmm. where else. So anyway, luckily the rest of my family, so all my siblings and my sister and the new baby and that are all at home in my parents' house. And uh, it was only myself and my fiance that had to come back to London um, just for work purposes, yeah. we had to be here. Sure. Um, but everybody else is at home. And so really keeping them in such good spirits, you mm, know, yeah. especially with the new baby and stuff like that, you know, it's very uplifting. Yes. Um, and there's loads happening around the house. I think if it had just been mom and dad by themselves, you know, it would have been a lot different. But now the house is really busy and, you know, there's lots going on. And I think that makes such a difference. Yeah. And look, I fully appreciate as well. It is a very private matter to discuss so um but look, I think so many people are going through yeah. this kind of thing when they're you know I know I've spoken about it and of course selfishly <laughs> I've had lots of people message me and they're like oh same with my parents or my dad or my granny or whoever you know is sick and it's so hard to be away like all you want to do is kind of go home mm. you're just like I'm just dying to get home and like wondering so sorry now that's my from the from the kettle boiling to my emails coming in to the dishwasher, I mean it's all happening here. Um, but it is it's like one of those things where it's really hard at this time. You you know all you want to do is go home, especially when someone's sick and someone is so close to you. Mm. You just want to be home, but you know we can't be, and and that's just it. And you know until we can travel again. But at least it's like it's comforting knowing that the rest of my my siblings are all there. Yeah. And of course, we, you know, FaceTime is just amazing. Like you just talk every day. Yeah. Is there a plan to get home? I suppose it, 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 it depends on well, the vaccine. We had, we had planned on moving home. Um, we'd kind of started looking, I suppose, summer 2019. Okay. We'd been looking at, you know, different areas at home to move home to. And then COVID happened. And so we just ended up being stuck here. Will it still happen, though? Do you think you'll still move back? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. OK, dying to get back. And, you know, I've been dying to come back for a long time now just because, like, you know, I think now my time in London is is done. OK. And also it's like, you know, during COVID, you realize you're stuck in a tiny box in London. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to live. You know, at the moment I live in an apartment and although great when everything's open, because mm. uh, there's plenty to do here but when everything's closed and it's just you know I'm older and I'd rather be closer to home and you know once I start a family I'd rather have a home home yeah. I, you know which is I'm renting in London and I think you know we're trying to make a decision of whether we buy you know a house in London or a house a house at home but you obviously get so much more for your money at home and it'd be nice to be closer to my parents and friends at home so yeah your friendship groups as well in London they constantly change because people are constantly coming and going and all the rest so would you move back to Newry itself um I'm not 
sure. We did look at Dublin um, and kind of like outside Dublin. We've been looking at loads of areas. To be honest, it's just because nothing's really come on the market. It's yeah. really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why. But we have looked at, you know, closer to home, um, on both on north side, north of the border and south of the border. Um, you know, both because we are very on the border where we are. Um, so mm. you can kind of live either or. But um, yeah, I suppose it's just finding something and, you know, seeing what's best. And then maybe I'll just take a fancy and move somewhere hot. Hmm. Like, who knows? You who know, knows, I just, yeah. I changed my mind quite a lot. And I was like, I'm so sick of this weather. It might be nice to just go live somewhere warm for a year and then move home uh, after being stuck in the apartment for, well, exactly a year now today. Yeah, yeah. Are you spontaneous or, or would you be a planner? Are you a bit of both? I think I'm a bit of both. Definitely. I think I was more spontaneous. Like I've had plenty of like random, let's just go away tomorrow kind of trips and things mm. like that over the years. I think now because I'm more settled with work and with commitments that I would probably be more of a planner. Um, however, you know, if himself, he would definitely be, you know, he has a business here that he runs himself. And so things would definitely have to be planned. But I suppose if he said to me, oh, you know, we're, we're moving here and, and, you know, next week I would be like, yeah, sure. No problem. Let's go. Bye. Yeah. Up and go. Change the scenery. Um, yeah. So I would love, and I suppose you still have like, you know, you still have kind of like hopes and dreams. Like, even though I am 35, I'm like, gosh, I'd love to have, I'd love to have gone and lived in California, you know, for a year or a couple of months or something like that. And that's something that I would still love to do mm. or like go live somewhere hot or, you know, something like that. So it is like, we do, we do think about things like that. Mm. Um, and I'm, I don't know. I'm like, you know, do I want to just settle or do I want to go and maybe try something else? You know, maybe another career. Who knows? Who knows? And I think that's like, you know, one of my friends, she's just started a new career and she was like, Oh, you know, a lot of people were really surprised and she's 37. And I was just like, why? Like, why is there this? And again, back to the age thing. Like, why is there this ageist thing that like when you're thir- in your 30s, that's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's over. I'm like, well, I might live to 100. Yeah. I've got yeah. 70 years left. I'm not going to do so, you know, I'm not going to just waste my years doing something that I don't enjoy. Mm. So I think that's really important, you know, like you can, you can just change. You just have to have the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like fear is obviously like a huge thing that affects everybody. You know, they're afraid to maybe to move away or they're afraid. But I think I would be more afraid of having regrets of not doing something yeah. than just you know, like maybe I would move to California and I would be like, this is rubbish. Yeah. Why am I here? And you know what? I could then just be like, oh, I'm going to move home now. And that's it. And at least you, you know, would have known. Give it a yeah. go. At least I tried. Yeah. yeah. But the next few years anyway, you're you're looking at at perhaps eventually moving back, but also... 100%. Okay, brilliant. And then you're getting married. I mean, I'm not going to pry because I understand it's your private life, but you have (laughs) decided... getting married next year. You are getting married next year. Oh, brilliant. I am getting next June. Yeah. Ah. June 2022. We set a date. I have have the the church booked and the the venue and that's about it. Lovely. Well, there are the important bits done. Are you... Would you be religious? be like I don't believe that you have to go to church to be religious like some of the the least religious people go to church 
Um, but I would, I would, I would, I would say my prayers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would kind of, you know, I do believe, um, you know, I do believe in God, and I do believe, um, you know, that in in heaven, and I don't believe in hell. Just don't want to believe in it. Yes. I'm just like no. <laughs> I lived with two cats, and I did not kill them. <laughs> I'm going fucking heaven. <laughs> Angel wings. <laughs> So uh, the cats may go to hell. I'm going to heaven. Um, but yeah, so, but yeah, no, I do. I do. I, I do believe like I would, you know, and I think that you do, especially in times of sorrow and in times of need. And mm. I think a lot of people, I'm like, are you telling me that, you know, if something happened, you know, people who are like, oh, no, I don't believe, I don't believe in God. And I'm like, I think if you were on your deathbed, you'd be like, oh, Jesus, God, I'm so sorry that I said I didn't believe in you. Please, I want to go to heaven. Mm. Like, you know, it is. And maybe, you know, maybe it, it doesn't exist. You know, maybe it doesn't. But the thought that, that it does, I think is so lovely. And I think it's it's a very comforting thing to yeah. pray and to, I suppose it's like meditation. And, you know, yeah. everybody has their own beliefs. And But that's what we were brought up with. And my mom and my grandmother, especially, God, she was so holy she was super holy, um, my grandmother. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, and they got great comfort and they still do um, out of out of their beliefs. And so, yes. you know, I've always found, you know, I've been to like Fatima and Lourdes and Nock and all those. Jesus, I've, I've done them all. You've done them all. I've been, yeah. I've done them all. I'm so holy. Um, but when you go to those places, you do get a sense a great sense of spirituality and of a, and of a higher power. Mm. Um, and I think that, that that really does show something. You know, there is something there. Um, and I, just, I think it's really special. And I think it's lovely to have, um, to have religion or to have a belief in something and have that yeah. in your life. Maeve, this chat did not disappoint in any way whatsoever. Everybody says, everyone's always like, you do not stop talking. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. You may cut some of that out. Don't cut out the cats, though. Oh, there'll definitely be a highlight. There'll be a highlight. Thank you. It's been so much fun and so refreshingly real. And this is what my podcast is all about. So uh, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. This episode of Ready to Be Real Conversations was brought to you in partnership with Irish kombucha brand Synergy, who offer a delicious range of 100% natural ingredients, organic and low in calorie sparkling drink varieties, containing all of the amazing benefits of kombucha and available in supermarkets nationwide. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.